At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMM LP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 on the radiator. Good evening, it's the Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor. And with me tonight is Zen Miles and Jack Hansen. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, how are we doing on this frigid evening? Cold and nervous. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't worry. This is going to go a lot quicker than you expect. Uh, I won't ask any hard questions. Um, we like kicking it off with a song. So what have you got to start with? We're going to start off with pictures.
Zen Miles with pictures there. Zen, that was gorgeous. You got an incredible voice. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, I've been listening to your uh, your EP today, and you know, um, we're in the studio. You obviously get a lot of chances to make sure it's absolutely like uh, you know perfect, um, and obviously there's a lot of magic producers can do to make sure everything syncs up. But to actually hear it in person in front of you and it be just you know pitch perfect, uh, it's quite incredible to watch. Thank here. you. Thank you so much. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that song itself? It, it sounds very personal. It sounds quite yeah. introspective. Yeah, it's very personal. It's the most vulnerable song on the EP. Um, it's really just about like the internal struggle of like who I am, who I've become, and like how I feel about that, and just kind of growing into you know, trying to find out if I can be okay and all that stuff. Yeah. Does Have you played that song very often in front of an audience? About three times now. This is the third time. Okay. Well, we're very honored to have something so new. Has, has any members of the audience ever come up afterwards and said how much it resonates with them? Or have you got any connections with people that have kind of listened and gone, oh, yeah, this is this is how I felt in the last 5, 10, 15 years? I actually have not. It's my favorite song. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've told you that, Sam. You but haven't. As a the front row audience member, um, that song hits me the hardest, probably, of all your music. Yeah, I really like it. But I d I've never asked you what it was about. I didn't really know what it was about. I just know how it makes me feel. Well, that kind of begs the question, Jack. How does it make you feel? Um. Well, the album... If you couldn't, if people couldn't tell, the album's a lot about. Um, it's partly a breakup album, in my opinion, from how I view <laughs> it, um, or a relationship in and out of relationship album. And I always heard this song as like kind of nostalgia, reminiscing, looking back, um, potentially on a relationship. But that was just my interpretation of it. It sounds like that's not actually what it was about. <laughs> Nope, it's just me, myself, and I. <laughs> it's kind of the beauty of music, though. I mean, why it resonates for you is then very different to why it might resonate for Jack and why it might resonate very differently for me. So uh, I, I guess that's kind of the magic of putting something out there like that. Um, you've performed quite a lot in front of many people. I mean, uh, in the musical journey, you started pretty young performing at sports games. Is that is that right? Yeah, I was singing the national anthem for, like, baseball, basketball, soccer. D does that look, does that feel weird to you now? Or did it feel too weird to you then? Or were you like, no, that's normal, you know, sing the national anthem. That's just what you do as a singer sometimes. It was always kind of weird, but it was kind of my chance at the time. It was kind of, like, my way in to, like, doing all of this. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. It was like my first time ever singing in front of a big audience was like my whole school, which is like 500 people. And like I was in second grade and my my teacher like trained me to be able to sing in front of people. She started off by like turning her chair around so that her back was to me. And so I'd sing to her back <laughs> and then she would slowly start to turn her chair around like every time and then we we did it, and then that kind of just started the whole national anthem journey. <laughs> did you get everyone to turn their back at the, at the first game? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but no. Um, 
so the, the song you just sang pictures it is very vulnerable but you started off singing you know what's probably the most well-known song in america if not potentially the world um what was it like when when you kind of brought yourself out of that and started singing some of your own songs that kind of came with this vulnerability uh, what was that first experience like for you um I first started writing songs about horses because I really loved horses. So, like, I wrote this, like, really heart-wrenching song about a horse that had passed away. And, like, I was sitting at my, like, piano, self-taught, um, just kind of messing around. And I think I actually ripped off, like, Titanic. Um, <laughs> I think I ripped off uh, My Heart Will Go On. But whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we... We went into a little recording studio and we we recorded it and it was like I I don't know how old I was but I was very young, um, but yeah, uh, it was different singing my own song versus singing just covers because I'm used to covers and all that stuff. So yeah, it was it was vulnerable. It was nerve wracking to like sing it in front of someone for the first time, you know. Um, yeah. And as a young person, you know, despite even look back, looking back now and going, yeah, okay, it was, it was about a horse, which I'm, I'm sure it was very sad when that horse died, don't get me wrong, but very different to talking about, you know, uh, your self-image and uh, and the way you're seeing yourself now and, and putting that in front of an audience. But as a such a young person, that must have been uh, very nervous going into it. But did you have a different experience coming out? Were you, was it releasing in any way when, once you had done that process? Yeah, it definitely was. It was like part of my grieving, part of my mourning. Um, yeah. Did you find the reaction that you were looking for when you first did that from the people listening? Yeah, I think I did. Um, yeah, I think people either cried or they... And I don't remember the song at all <laughs> at this point. But I think people were like, you know, getting teary eyed or they were just like, wow, like you really have big feelings and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think I did get a, a positive reaction. Um, so that was your first time in a, in a recording studio at a fairly young age. Um, so when you came to record the album that is out now, album EPLP, I'm, I'm not sure. EP, EP. yeah. Um, was this kind of old hat for you? Is this something, okay, I'm just going to stroll into the recording studio, I'm going to put my feet up, I know exactly what's going on. Um, what, was, what was the difference, I guess, between you know the first time you're going into the recording studio to, to really going in this time um, and creating this marvellous record that you put out? Well, I have like adult things to sing about now. <laughs> and um, I have a great producer, Malcolm Francis, um, he really walked me through the whole process. I felt very new to it. Um, and yeah, he, he really held my hand through it all and um, continues to hold my hand <laughs> um, through it all. And um, yeah, I just, uh, it, it kind of flowed, like the songs would flow like with, like Pictures is the only one that I came up with without any music first. All of the rest of them, like he had this beautiful music and I just felt so inspired so I would write to the music. Um, so it became pretty easy with what he was giving me. It was like, wow, like, you know, we're really doing something very cool. 
So, am I right in understanding that you turned up to the studio without songs written and you wrote them in the studio? Yes, yeah. That's the remarkable talent just off the bat, um, especially for your first album. Um, was that always the plan? I mean, you must be very confident in your songwriting abilities to be able to do that. Um, yeah, it was kind of always the plan. Um, he first heard one of my originals, and that's kind of how I got in the door. We didn't end up putting that original on this EP, but it'll probably be on the next one. Um, but I felt pretty confident in that song, um, and it you know, caught his attention, um, so that went well for me. <laughs> um, but yeah. You all um, put a lot of hours in that studio, right? Yeah, we started it in worked. yeah we started in October of twenty one, and then there was a couple months in the winter where I struggled with like mental health and like physical health and all that stuff. So we took kind of a break, but he was very understanding about it and very patient. Um, and then we continued, and we were finished by August. Um, and yeah, it was it was a lot of work, but it was fun work it was it's the work that I'd like to do so tell me through how uh, uh the process of writing a song in these conditions because obviously you had you know uh, 10 or so months to to do it was it a case of turning up and you'd show you these the the, the melodies and whatnot and you'd have the time to go away and kind of write something about it or was there times where you kind of came in he gave you something and then boom you just wrote it on the day and, and recorded it on the day um I had time to take it home and have some homework yeah, I was able to take it home and like workshop it and then I'd send him voice memos and see what he liked and then we'd go in and record. I'd go in like once a week and we would just try to make it a habit um, and we'd work on stuff. Um, the only one that he kind of came to me with, like I kind of came up with the melodies and the words myself, mm. but he kind of came up with the, the music, the tracks and all mm. that stuff. Um the only one that he kind of had the the hook for was poison, um, just the your poison is still poison to me part, mm -hmm. um, and that was the first one that we started with, and then I kind of wrote around that. And it's kind of a bit of a remarkable story how you you met the producer. Um, it, it's kind of one of those musical fairy tales you you hear but don't really believe. You know, it's almost discovered in the supermarket while humming something. It wasn't quite like that, but it wasn't that far off. you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I had a sound healer, and she happened to be married to Malcolm um, in the past. And she ended up going to one of my gigs, my first gig, actually, at Vermont Pub and Brewery. And um, she just really loved what I was doing, and so she wanted to reach out to him and see what he would think and um they connected about it and then it took some time a couple years passed and then i sent her my my one of my original songs because i was like oh she would really love this and um she sent it to him and then he contacted me and then we were on the phone that afternoon and then it wasn't long until we did a little listening party and we've been like brother and sibling ever since. It's, uh, it's remarkable. Um, not something you hear every day, like having, you know, having so much time in the studio, or being able to 
uh, really produce something uh, with someone with such caliber. Um, and then obviously, you know, having listened to the, the album itself, obviously very, very well produced, very well put together, very professionally done. And for someone's first album, I mean, that's almost unheard of. Most people are doing it in the bedrooms, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm very, very lucky. Um, well, we're lucky to be able to hear you. We'd love to hear another song. So what have you got? Yeah, this one is going to be called Save Me Pretty Baby.
them miles there with Save Me Pretty Baby. Once again, just a gorgeous song. Thank you. Um, so, as kind of Jack mentioned, you were in the studio for, for about 10 months on this and, and I'm assuming working with uh, Malcolm, Malcolm? Mm-hmm. Malcolm very closely together with him, so from sounds of practically family at this point. Um, how much was the end result kind of your vision before you started? And then how much did it kind of meander and change and, and become something else uh, as the process went on? Um, it, <coughs> I think it definitely kind of changed throughout. Um, yeah, I think me and Malcolm just kind of went back and forth on some stuff and um, we ended up really happy with the end result. And, um, but yeah, it, it took some, like all those months of just back and forth and trying to figure things out and redoing things and yeah, so. Yeah, um, and you said you've got like another EP kind of in the chamber already. Yeah, I have a couple songs already like ready and waiting. Are you, do you see your musical style evolve or you're like, my god i nailed it the first time i'm gonna i'm gonna make something it sounds very similar to this on the second one because i just i want to hone this particular sound yeah i think it's the second one i think (laughs) i think we we figured it out and you know for me just you know growing up doing covers and doing like the same types of covers and same types of artists i kind of just was like yeah like this is kind of what i want to do and he happened to just have those tracks waiting for someone like me so yeah that's oh, serendipitous in a way yeah um so you you mentioned you kind of uh, growing up you you're doing covers um when you were the vermont pun brewery was was that kind of a, a gig where you were doing your own covers or your own music um i was doing just covers i didn't really have i had like one song that we did um that was mine and um yeah but it was mostly covers and um i mean this is always a classic question but what what are your like uh your your inspiration because i could probably name a, a few artists off the top of my head you sound similar i wouldn't say the same but very similar to but i'd love to hear from you yeah like amy winehouse i did a lot of covers of her um she's amazing um i love alicia keys i love um adele um all those ladies <laughs> yeah I was gonna say Amy Winehouse when I was listening to the last song, especially when the uh, when it starts kicking in, with it's got that little bit of swagger to it, which you kind of hear with a bit, <laughs> bit of Amy in there. Yeah. Um, you've got a, a very distinctive look. You, I don't mean to be objectified, but you you got you look fantastic. And uh, how much of that is is part of the the singing and the kind of performance that you bring, or is this just you you came out of the womb looking like this? And uh, yeah, I mean. It's, I wish that I came out the womb looking like this as far as tattoos go because it would be way less expensive. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is just kind of me. This is just me. I've always kind of just been this kind of way. Do you feel like uh, your your appearance plays into your music or your music plays into your appearance? Or is it two, like, two separate things? Or is it so intertwined that it's completely you can't separate the two? I think it's separate. I mean, I don't know. I, I think people expect me to be a genre that I'm not or I just you know you know judge a book by the cover type of vibes um yeah I don't I don't think people expect me to sound the way that I do 
with just how I look, especially if I'm in a very masculine type of way. You know, people don't expect me to sound <laughs> the way that I do. So, I guess I mean you you obviously kind of look, could look punk, you know, uh, and and be a bit bit heavy. I guess I knew a bit different having listened to you before I came in. So, uh, but I could see where people might get that. Uh, you know might get confused before you you open your mouth but uh, i'm sure everyone's been very pleasantly surprised um i would love to know a little bit about how you met jack because me jack and i go way back i wasn't didn't know he'd been involved in 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 a band i know he does uh he has his jazz night at delhi uh so jack how did how did you get started with zen how did this come together yeah i think i i think marshall dominguez um who i just saw on your reel of fisheye photos from past <laughs> shows. I saw him at least once yes. scroll through there. Um, yeah, great local guitar player and singer, plays in a bunch of groups. Um, I had recently connected with him um, and musically, and we were starting to collaborate a little bit musically. Um, and I think he was the one who invited me in to play with Zen and some other folks. So. He brought me in. It was kind of like an audition or a tryout. Um, I came in. And Did you know it at the time, or was it like a surprise audition? No, no. I <laughs> I always viewed it that way. Like I think it was framed that way, and of like, let's see how it feels. And you know, we're we're putting this group together with this singer, Zen Miles, and want to see if you might be a fit for keyboard. So I came in, and it was Marshall and Zen, and they, you know, he had some kind of handwritten charts and. <laughs> We, you know, we just kind of played through some of the tunes, ended up jamming and playing some covers. Um, Zen did a really amazing, really mind-blowing version of Ain't No Sunshine, and that blew me away. I remember at the end of that session, because that's, that's a song, Ain't No Sunshine, like everyone plays it, everyone covers it, right? So it's, but this was something I'd never heard before when, when Zen covered it, and also just being able to play on their originals. So I definitely left that like hoping that I would get in, but I didn't know. And I didn't hear for a little bit. It was like a few days at least. And then, but then I heard back that I was in the band and we played um, with a couple other guys. We played um, an album release show back in August. August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So super fun. And then we've kind of been playing just the two of us a lot since then including just busking on church street a lot of rehearsals um we did a, a duo set at, at radio bean as well and now this so i think we've we've continued playing even though that that group isn't really still playing all together anymore okay so the 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 group from the album is that's no longer kind of a, a unit are you looking to kind of expand the band out again where, where are we at with uh you know the the Zen Miles troop, if you will. Yeah, so the out, so the boys that I was playing with uh, for the release party weren't the ones who played on the album. Mm. Um, those were all of Malcolm's people. I don't, unfortunately, don't know everyone, but um, yeah. Um, sorry, I lost. Yeah, the we question. we played the album release show, but we yeah we weren't the ones who actually played on the album itself. Yeah. Um, uh, are you, are you Zen, are you looking to, to kind of expand this out again so it's like a full band? Um, and where, where are you at with that process, if so? Yeah, no, I definitely am. I have an amazing drummer, Ezra Oakland. Um, I have Jack here. 
Um, I believe we're looking for kind of a bass player um, to kind of be a little little trio deal with, with us, kind of keep it simple, but like definitely want to just play live and, and all that stuff. So I want the music to translate as much as possible. So having those players would, would help make that kind of come to life. I will say you can't swing a bass in Burlington without hitting a bass player. So <laughs> I don't think that one's going to be too difficult to fill. Yeah. Or a talented bass player, maybe. I kid. Everyone's very good. Um, <laughs> just going back to like covers that kind of blow you away because everyone does them. And then when you hear one and it's amazing, it, it really kind of uh, takes your breath away. When you said that you'd performed Amy Winehouse, um, now listening to you live, I can see how that would work so well. But uh, I'm very curious to hear that Ain't No Sunshine. So if you, you want to play that last, I'm just sorry. And that could just be an idea. Just, I'm just throwing that one out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not rehearsed for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I Next time, you'll sh- have to have us yeah, back. You'll yeah, you'll have to have, have us have back, back and yeah. we'll do some covers. Had to shoot the shot on that one. Jack, yeah. for you, um, so I know you're mostly doing your, your jazz at Delhi. Um, is that your kind of staple and this is like kind of being out of your comfort zone a little bit or is it actually kind of the other way around and this is this sort of music it's the sort of music you've always played and you kind of moved into jazz yeah jazz wasn't the f- wasn't the first thing i got into i got before jazz i was more into rock and roll i would say and kind of blues and stuff um but once i really once i kind of discovered and connected with jazz once i heard it live and stuff like that i really fell in love with it so that's that's been my main genre since high school since the end of high school but i still love playing a bunch of other genres too and have pretty consistently played um across a bunch of different genres and a lot of the music i write is um not jazz most of the music i write is not really Mm. jazz per se but has some jazz influence um but yeah this stuff is definitely zen's music is definitely in the vein of a lot of the stuff that i like to play do you two collaborate in terms of this this next ep have you been working together to to put these this the next iteration out uh or zen have you kind of got what you've got in mind or malcolm and you've got something what you got in mind and and you're going to kind of come up with that together yourselves yeah, um, I have two songs that are I kind of came up with on the piano myself um, that I'll bring over to Jack and be like, hey, make this wicked cool. <laughs> um, and there's one more um, that is from one of Malcolm's friends. Um, but I, I did bring like a little chorus thing that I had in mind to Jack and we played on that for a little bit. Um, that's just something that we need to grow on. Um, and work with but yeah no i definitely plan on making music with jack nice well yeah, we we've okay. just barely started but i'm really excited to do more of that i think that's the next stage for us is to write some songs together yeah i'm very curious to see what you guys cook up um well we'd love to hear another song so what have you got yeah this one's called poison it's um kind of a diss track <laughs> and there are there's one swear word twice that i'm gonna try so so hard not to say um i've practiced but muscle memory i'm gonna just we'll just we'll just have faith here we'll pretend we didn't hear you okay yes
Now don't come around like it ain't it I gave you my time but you played with it Zem Miles there with Poison. I didn't hear one single swear word, so... I nailed that. 
congrats for keeping us on the air. Um, so, Zen, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you, you identify as non-binary. Um, and I was, so I was wondering, Vermont, or at least Burlington, seen as very progressive, quote-unquote. Uh, Vermont itself is not actually very progressive, as you probably know. Um, so does being non-binary in a musical scene here, does that have any hindrances? Does it have any advantages? Or is it actually something you not really notice? It's not something that's come up too often. Um, people don't really notice it. They just assume that I'm like, I assigned, or they just assume that I identify as female just because of the voice that comes out. Um, I don't always like feel safe to like be like hey my pronouns are they them like at a show like because I don't know I don't want to scare people away but I also do want to be there and be kind of a voice for people that are non-binary and people that are identifying with the they thems and the you know just gender neutral life. Do you, so you feel kind of a responsibility even to kind of to, to show up I guess to platform uh, non-binary people. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely feel like I need to represent. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, you have also been picked up. You have also been picked up on local music stations, which is really very cool. Um, so yeah, who's been playing your songs? When did you learn they were getting picked up? And sorry, third question on this one: What was it like hearing your music on the radio for the first time? If you've done so. Yeah, so WRUV FM Burlington, um, I reached out to them and was like, hey, here's my music, like, hope hope you can listen to it and hope you enjoy it. And they were like, yeah, we enjoy it. We'll put it on air. <laughs> and then, so it was a great interaction. And um, they played it like throughout the summer and hearing they played Poison and I believe they played Save Me Pretty Baby. Um, Hearing Poison for the first time, I caught Poison because um, they told me when they were going to play it um, for me for that first time. And um, it was wild. I had my family listening to it and I was like, record yourselves like reacting to it because I want that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just surreal. It was really cool. And it was like super soon after the album dropped. So, like, I feel very, very lucky. Yeah, um, yeah, must have been a very surreal moment for you. Um, so you weren't kind of like driving at the time, windows down or anything like that? Oh, I was driving, oh, windows were, driving. were down. <laughs> Blasting outside. Yes. Uh, well, if you drive within three blocks of this station and get the right time, you might be able to hear your song on the radio again. <laughs> oh, really? That's, w- that's wicked cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you'll have to be quite close, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Jack kind of alluded to the fact you've been playing a little bit, um, radio being, uh, busking, um, how is being, how's kind of bringing your album into the public in a live setting felt for you? Um, it's felt really cool. I just feel like, I don't, it's just different from when I was doing covers. It just really is special. And these are songs that I wrote from like personal experiences and like yeah it's just very close to the heart so yeah it's been really cool um and what if we got to kind of look forward to in terms of your your next live gigs what where are you playing upcoming i don't have anything upcoming yet but i do have a remix album coming up 
of from Love X. Um, that's that's just wicked cool, um, and we're really excited about it. It should be dropping, I believe, February twelfth, but we should have it at least before Valentine's Day. But um, yeah, keep keep that on your radar. Um, it should be on all streaming platforms. Um, that's that's the cool thing that we have coming up. But um, we'll definitely be booking more gigs. I don't know where yet, but. We'll be doing it. Well, the, the spring and summer season is coming up, so I'm sure it'll be a hot commodity uh, as soon as we can go outside again without losing our fingers. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about this remix album before I let you sing your last song. So what's what's the twist? To what, how, how's this being remixed? What's the style going to be? Um, I have several different DJs. So I have seven different DJs on for like the seven tracks. Um, there's like a hip hop version of pictures. There's like, I don't even know. There's an EDM like house, not EDM, but there's a little bit of EDM ishness. Um, to another, w there's pictures twice and there's poison twice. Um, and then there's one of my favorites. Um, poison was done in like a house remix and that got played at New Queer's Eve. And that was just so cool um, to see people dancing to it. And it just like fit so well with like the queer community. Um, so yeah. Um, Were you like on the dance floor being like, this is me? Oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, kind of. I was like selfie videoing my reaction. <laughs> And uh, people were probably like, we don't know this song, but this person does. <laughs> it's so. the one person singing along. Yeah, knowing <laughs> every single word. That's so crazy. <laughs> uh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Zen. Thank you so much for coming in. And also, Jack, nice to see you again outside yes, of a political for setting. Us. Yeah, of course. Um, we'd love to hear one last song so we're going to play us out with. Yeah, this is called She's About Down. And this one, speaking of the queer community, goes out to the queer community. We got the birds with the birds and the bees with the bees Everything in between and between I've been wanting you and me, you and me What can I do to get this happening?
attraction, so magnetic since the night that we met. Oh, the standard's been set. I could not go for anything less. Take me into the abyss of bliss. Take me out with just one kiss. I weaken with every touch of your lips. I slip and I, I begged and begged, and it didn't really take long. playing us out with a she's about down once again guys thank you so much for coming in thank you for having Thanks us for having us yeah please let us know when the next album drops we'll have you in in an instant awesome yeah well that's all we've got time for tonight catch us next week when we're gonna have cricket blue back in the studio again i've not seen them in a couple of years uh but for tonight this has been WOMM LP operating out of burlington vermont 105.9 the radiator it's been the rocket shop i've been your host tom proctor and good night